Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks kick out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who stumbles into fireplaces. It's Frank. How are you today? Oh, gosh. I hope not. I have, <laughs> I have like three different you sources. Have like, of, that was, you have like 12 fireplaces uh, in your house. Yeah, so. I know. I'm, I'm really, I've, I mean, I'm using them this winter. So I really, I really hope. I'm pretty sure I, you have two in one room. I so like, n- what fancy ass mansion n- do you live in? <laughs> Sure, let's go with that. Let's mythologize this into like multiple fireplaces in the same room. Don't you? You have the pellet stove, and then you have. I have a pellet stove in in one room, and then I have a fireplace in another room. Then I got a fireplace downstairs. Yeah, but the fireplace in one room is it? It's not double sided, right? Correct. It's not. It's like okay, just checking. Yeah, all right. I think I also put one in my mind. I put one in the same room as the pellet stove. Like I I see. That it was on both sides of that wall. No, no. Yeah, one's in the dining room, one's in the living room. I had rearranged your house in a a fancy, a fancy (laughs) butt manner. Um, so fancy butt manner. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say the a word. I don't. Children listen to this, right? Oh. Even though, even no, though, hold on, hold on. No, I thought you were calling my house a a manor, like Wayne Manor, <laughs> a fancy butt manor. Oh like, no, b u t t. No. Oh man. Uh, no. Welcome to Fancy Butt Manor. Can I offer you an order? That sounds like something the Muppets would like introduce it into does. a movie. It does. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow. All right. Off to a good start. What are you drinking? Yeah, I was gonna. Oh, I, I am drinking a Bros Oatmeal Milk Stout. Ooh. Yes. Um, I'm excited. It's um a six point five. I've never had it before. Nice. But it's it's getting frosty outside. Yes. So it's time to it's time to turn over. Oh, that's good. Mm, that's good stuff. That is smooth, is what that nice. is. Nice. Really smooth. I do uh, love an oatmeal. Oh, they, oh, they have a Oh, they have a thing on the back. I love when they when they I love when people are clever. Um, so it's Bros B R O Z E, and it's that time of year, kids. It's totally time to plump up. Don't worry, we're here for you to help you on your way towards putting on that thick winter coat you've always wanted. Tons of bready, roasty, and chocolatey malts, plus some oats and milk sugar are crammed to this thing right here. Yeah, that should do the trick. Drink up. That um, sounds amazing. It is. There's absolutely chocolatey in here. Mm. Mm. Ah, 
yeah, there's definitely some. I definitely get the chocolate, um, the roasted oats. Yeah, but it's all blended together really well. I'm very impressed with this. I'm like, actually, every time I take a sip, it gets a little better. And I've only had three sips or now. <laughs> nice. Five, six. No. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. I was going to save this for a little later in the in the year into the winter. Yeah. Um, just because, uh, you know, because stouts are, are unless you're a Frank, um, stouts are great for the cold times. Sure. sure. Um, and so but uh, it is freezing here right yeah. now. Yeah. Like we're going down into the teens uh, tonight. And so I am just happy to bulk up a little bit. Great. Um, yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking the, the a polar opposite of what you're drinking. Um, I'm drinking uh-huh. a Pilsner. Uh, I'm uh, drinking wow. right. <laughs> uh, a uh, Banded Brewing Pepperol Pilsner. Actually, is a, a pe- there. Say that five times fast, please. I know, right? Pepperol German style pills. Um, it is. Uh, it is brewed in uh, uh, in Southern Maine in Biddeford, Maine. Um, and, uh, right, right, uh, the town across from where my, uh, my wife grew up actually. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have, they have been, uh, they, they are pretty well distributed in, in, uh, m- much of new England. Um, but, uh, this is just a nice refreshing Pilsner. I've actually been in a little bit of a, uh, in, in throughout like October and November, I was in a mood for lighter beers. Uh, mm. but as, as things are getting colder here, uh, I have, this is one of the last ones, uh, that I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be enjoying this way before I, I switch over to my stash of stouts and porters. Um, so, so it's sort of emptying out the lighter beers, but this, this one is, is, is quite good, quite good. So, uh, so there you go. Um, what are some other things that are, uh, considered to be quite good, Tim? Things that are considered to be quite good, Frank, a nice walk on the beach, Good piece of flannel, Niagara Falls, freshly squeezed orange juice, and, of course, Superman 2. Yeah, man. I connected it. I went all the way there. You did it. It's Um, time for a superhero slapback. Slapback, baby, slapback. I swear I will make that theme song. I swear to God. Slapback, I don't take crap. Slapback. Anyway, um, we're here to talk about uh, the next entry into superhero slapback, which is Superman 2. The last one was Superman 1 because it's the 1970s moving into the 1980s. And guess what? There is not a lot of superhero content out here, people. Um, It is a barren wasteland of superhero content. So we are are only working with what we can and actively avoiding some other things like Spider-Man, the television show, (laughs) and the Captain America TV movies. At at this time, yeah, on the big screen, Christopher Reeve pretty much cornered the market on superhero movies at this point in history. Pretty. Much and what a job he does, and so I almost didn't rewatch this before um, before doing this movie um, because I've seen it so many times. Sure, that I was like, I don't need to watch it again. And I said, you know, it's been a, a number of years. I should I should watch it again. And man, do I have feelings? Yeah, so t- I'm I'm yeah. you. You texted me that, and and but we I have feelings. We we always try to keep it pretty. You know, save for the show. Save for the it's, it's sort of our mantra. Yeah. Save, save it for the show. So yeah, we don't we don't discuss the these things. But you just dropped a hint that you had feelings, and I have been 
Like that was enough to keep me like on tender hooks for the last 24 hours. Where I'm like, oh my God, I need to know what 10 things about Superman 2. I need to hear his opinion on it. Because it also had been a few years for me since I last watched it. And all it did for me was sort of uh, reconfirm a few of my opinions on it. Um, okay. I didn't, well, have any, I didn't have any new revelations. So I'm just champing at the bit to know what your what your feelings and, and opinions were watching it this time around, even if there weren't any shocking revelations. It's not good, Frank. It's, <laughs> okay. It's not a good movie. It's actually, it's a fine movie. It's like, like well-ish made, but um, it's a bad Superman movie. It's an actual horrible representation of this character. I'm like, so glad somebody else <laughs> Like, I, like, don't know why it's never dawned on me before, but, like, what an awful awful characterization for superman for clark mm -hmm. for lois like lex is the same zod's fine you know like whatever else like but i think people are like oh superman too because there's actually a fight scene between superpowered people but it, it is a complete mischaracterization of everything that they stand for mm -hmm. and like the logic of like how you can go from almost like a pitch perfect understanding of Superman in the first film to like a complete demolishment mm. of like of that same exact character with those same exact actors a mere movie later parts of it were filmed by the very same person yes and so that is just it was just wild to me like I, as I was watching it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and like this stuff that I like some stuff that's obvious, like the super kiss at the end. I'm not mm -hmm, talking that stuff mm -hmm. like rando rando powers that sure. that like don't exist or cellophane S's or, you know, like that stuff. I'm talking about Lois and Clark's con Lois and Superman's conversation in the Fortress of Solitude where she's like, blah, blah, blah. Do you find it hard to be Clark Kent? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, him. Like, he's like, no, I quite like Clark, blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, I'm like, you are Clark Kent. And he mm. says, like, I'm really both of them. I'm like, but you're not. You just said you weren't. Like, he's not your real person. And it's that's a fundamental misunderstanding of, of Superman because Superman is not, like, the real person. Clark is the real person. And he just puts on a costume. Like, mm -hmm. there actually isn't really a difference between them. People think that there is, but Clark is the same person in a tie as he is in a cape. He just doesn't wear glasses, but he still cares about the same thing. He pretty much still even still acts the same way. And as much as I love Reeves' bumbling Kent and how much it works in the first film, it actually doesn't work at all in the second mm -hmm. movie. I... Uh, anyway, you talk because then it will force me to like come up with the other things <laughs> that I have to say. Otherwise, I'm just going to talk for 20 minutes. I just want to like hallelujah preach like everything you just said. I actually very much agree with. So I think uh, this is this is one of those films that I think a lot of people a lot. We often Tim, Tim, you and I often as, as kids of the 90s, we often say if this movie came out in 1999 or in 2000, we would have loved this movie. Yeah, but 1995 today is in, the go to right is the go to year. OK, yeah. But but uh, but today in in 2021 or here today in the 2020s, it doesn't really you know hold, hold up. I think that the same is true of this came out in 1980. If this came out 
you know, uh, if this movie came out today, it would be terrible. But for people back then, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's it is a glass of water for people in uh, a glass of ice water Mm -hmm. for people in hell. Like, oh, my God, it's a superhero movie and it's Superman and he's punching. He's with General Zod and Lex Luthor on the screen at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, That and that is, I think, what a lot of people and, and, and people who grew up with this movie will not agree with this opinion. And that's okay. Um, but I do think that it was, there was a lot of nostalgia that people bring to it. I think that there, and, and there's, there's lots to like so about nostalgia it. That, there's a nostalgia that I bring to it. Right. Like, I mean, I've said forever, almost like that Superman, I like Superman one more than Superman. Two. Yes. I yeah. It's a better constructed movie. And even as a younger kid, not understanding how narratives are put together, how films are made. I got that got on that. a subconscious level. Superman one is a better film, it and is. yeah, he doesn't punch anybody, but that's not what makes a su- that, That's not what makes or breaks a Superman sure. film. And so, please continue from that point on. I just need to put that. No, no, you're. I completely agree. I, I completely agree mm-hmm. with that as well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of nostalgia that gets brought to it, and so it, these movies are um, held up to this, you know, mythological standard of like the the gold standard of, of superhero filmmaking. But I do think I do think that they have some legitimate um uh issues in the way that they portray some of the characters here's the thing superman one was directed by richard donner legendary richard donner Mm -hmm. um his tim tim what was his whole philosophy uh uh, boiled down to one word of verisimilitude verisimilitude right it should yeah a word that literally means it should it should uh it should mirror be real truthful. life. It should yeah. it should look like real life. Um, it should be similar to the truth. Very truth, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that was his philosophy. At the end of making Superman one, he had shot most of. He had shot enough to make about I think fifty to seventy five percent of Superman two already. Um, mm-hmm. The producers did a whole thing where they were trying to squeeze two movies out of one production and only pay the actors for one. It's a whole thing. Look it up. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't get along with him. He walked uh, after the after the first movie. When the when the second movie, uh, I'm sorry, when the first movie was released and was a hit, they they let him go, I believe. Um, and they brought on. Richard Lester. Richard Lester had they had worked with him. These producers had worked with him on the, the Three, Three Musketeers. Musketeers, Three Musketeers films, um, which has a wildly good cast. It's on yes, Amazon it Prime. Yeah, it's not a is great it movie, nice. but it's on Prime. But it, it the cast is unbelievably good. Michael York, Christopher Lee, Oliver. Um, oh my God, not Oliver Platt. That's the nineties one. Um, uh, I'll think it'll be in my brain later, and I'll, Oliver I'll come back Twist. to it. No, no, Sam. National right. yeah wrong guy keep going um so richard lester yeah he made the three musketeers films he made famously the beatles films uh help in a hard day's night um that i love so much um he was not a comic book guy he was not a, richard donner had been a huge superman fan and felt very very passionately uh about making superman the movie um richard lester did not have a connection to Superman and was exploring the character for the first time. And he stumbled on this thing of, wow, it's interesting how Superman is, is sort of in the, uh, in the, in the golden and silver age comics is sort of the real character. And Clark Kent is the identity he puts on. Let's play with that a little bit more. He, mm-hmm. he is more of a quirky surrealist filmmaker um, yep. at, at his core. He likes a little bit more surrealism and he th- found ways to get little stabs of that in this movie with like, comic booky 
moments of like a funny reaction on someone's face or uh or or slapsticky comedy that's that's sort of his that's how he got that surrealism in there a little bit mm-hmm. um but he takes a very different approach to superman where he's he thinks of superman as the, as the main character and clark as the disguise he thinks of it as this is a comic book it should be silly it sh- there should be some more slapstick there should be maybe less plausible but like you know funny situations um kind of throws the whole verisimilitude thing out the window plus he mm-hmm. reshoots half the movie because in order yep. under dga rules to get credit for being you know directed by richard lester he had to reshoot stuff that was already shot um so only 25 percent of donner's vision exists in the theatrical cut of the movie so you can I, you can pretty much see what's donner stuff too and yeah. a lot of it is the stuff at the beginning it is uh, yeah. you know the the eiffel tower and yes. the terrorist attack because like that superman and that lois lane feels completely authentic yes lewis being like getting into trouble doing her thing and then being like how do i get myself into this mess Mm -hmm. you know she's not whimpering or cowering or lovesick or anything like that she is still just as fierce as she ever is Mm -hmm. and superman is still just as calm and cool and collected that's donner and then when they're at the diner the first time that's donner when he finds out about what's happening outside uh, in the outside world um and there's one more sequence as well that it's it's escaping me at the moment but there's only like three sequences um that are uh, that much of which is is donner oh some reaction shots of oh when they come to the daily when the zod or zanon come to the daily planet um that's donner all the gene hackman stuff is donner because hackman refused to uh, out of loyalty to Richard Donner, wouldn't come back for reshoots uh, under Richard yep. Lester. So anything uh, with Gene Hackman is uh, is, is yeah. The, I was going to say the beginning feels quite like yeah. Donner, yeah. like the escape it, from prison and everything. The first yeah. act is 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 pretty intact, pretty for, much for, Donner. Yeah, yeah, for what he wanted. Um, a lot of stuff was, was later reshot. Um, some some scenes were like had been shot and just were reshot uh, the mm-hmm. same. Marlon Brando was was supposed to be in the original cut of the movie and he was removed. Yep. Um, that's a whole other thing too. Th- th- these movies are like just soaked in lore and soaked in so much like behind the scenes, like backstabby stuff. Where, uh, yeah, they were they were mad. It's a miracle at, they got made. It is really place. a miracle they got made. Yeah, they were mad at at Brando because he had he had uh, worn gotten, his Rolex on the set of the first. Well, one. there was that. Yes, um, yeah. but uh, no, he um, he had gotten negotiated for a cut of the of the the proceeds of the gross sure from superman mm-hmm. the movie and so they weren't going to put him in the second movie and have him get paid even more and, and own a percentage of the second movie as well um right, well that's their fault for saying yes to that agreement yeah yeah like, it was sorry a whole thing. it was a whole like, thing anyway we're getting away from the track of of superman so so it, if it feels self. all over the place it's because two different directors took it in two different directions um oh, yeah. very different directions yeah. Um, and that's yeah, before we get to cellophane S's and why is there so much Coca-Cola branding and all that stuff. Right. It's got third act issues, Frank, mm. you know, like in a big uh, way. You know, yeah. Pacing issues all over the place, like characterization issues, yeah. characterization, like none of it feels authentic to character. Now, and I'm I'm talking like Superman one is still outdated in its own way. Like, you know, like there's a lot of Superman one that doesn't hold true to the Superman of 2021 anymore. Okay, yeah. Like, it's just, a, you know, like, just the the way that Clark interacts with Lois or, um, you know, the, the over-bumblingness of it, you know, turning back the plan, like, having the ability to turn yep. back time. Yep. You know, like, stuff like that it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. But I can forgive stuff like that because 
he's embodying this the essence yeah. of superman yeah and whereas i think he does when he doesn't have to speak some of the dialogue in this mm. movie but i think the choices that clark makes and superman make in this movie i just don't feel right so like even like so lois finds out the truth not from herself but from an accident which is dumb because the previous scene she just jumped over like all the stuff like you know like jumped through the falls and he's like oh lois lois and he's got to go save her and all this stuff so him clark just tripping into the fireplace one not something superman does superman doesn't trip like what what do you like what do you what is what is that nonsense um but um and then he's all mad about it and he's like oh i wish i didn't tell you except that like he like is always trying to tell her. He just doesn't know yeah. how to do it. Yeah. And that's no good. None of that's good. So, but then, um, so they have this conversation in the fortress where he's like, Oh, they, it makes sense to me. I'm both people, blah, blah, blah. And Lois is like only in love with Superman. And that's a huge problem. She doesn't love Clark. She doesn't like Clark pretty much at all. She barely tolerates him as a human being. She's but straight that- up. She's straight up. Like when she, uh, is is when he fakes his way into convincing her that he's not superman at at niagara falls she's like Mm -hmm. oh i was so stupid to everything that someone like you could be like she's like straight up nasty to mean to him like yeah like to think that someone like you like could be could be a superman like you're a piece of trash how could you be like just she's just mean to him yep Mm-hmm. Like yep. all the time to the point where I've, the I, have, I have never quite been convinced of like, why do you like her in these movies? Like, I'm always like, never. why does he never. like her? She's not nice to him. Like, it's, I, nope. It, it makes sense when you're a kid and you're to a, to a, to a point. It makes sense when you're a kid and you're like, oh, well, it's because she's the girl and he's the, the hero of the story. And so he has to be in love with her. Like, that's it. Like it, 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 it's because their names are Clark Kent and Lois Lane. It makes sense. But that's correct. From it that, only works doesn't. because the script says the script that says they are so. like are supposed to. But like it, they don't they're they don't, they're not compatible characters um in especially the when then in superman 3 we're gonna meet lana and it's like so you have this very nice person who like is into you and then but you're like nope lois that's that lois this girl was mean to me yeah actively mean like to now me. you've got like this like uh now you've got like this bu- bully like victim thing going on like oh like i'm the invincible so i like that she bullies me like and you're like i don't want to even read into that yeah yeah like, no, you know I, I like just, that's a whole weird dynamic i'm not prepared for it's just it's, um, you know it just you deserve better clark you deserve better yeah um and so anyways so like so he goes from this conversation to blah 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 um yeah it makes sense to me and then he moves right to talking to his mom where she's like, this well, is you've it got to give up your powers, obviously, because you're because you know, like, and you're like, why? There's no actual reason for him to give up his powers. It's just because the crystal said so at that moment. But they don't hold a sway over his life, and he doesn't need to ask their permission. It's not like his powers will disappear at sunset if like he doesn't do this. There's nothing like that. He's just like, oh well, the crystal said I have to give up my powers. No, you do not. And, and also, it's, can I distress? It's been like five minutes, and you're yeah. like, "Nope, this is it for life. We're we're together for life." We're, we're, yeah, all right, stage five, clear, Clark. Whoa, it's fine. Don't like at least wait it. till there's a ring, man. Like what? Yeah. And then, but then, but he doesn't even think through the process because Superman is about 
Like the whole point of the arc of Superman one is to do something beyond yourself. Like I'm here for son, you are here for, for a reason. reason. And like five minutes with Lois finding out and them having dinner, he's like, "Sorry, Pa. Like I don't care about that reason. I don't care about the people. Um, mm. you know, like it's just he's just like it's all about Lois. And like it is the lesson of like." his selfishness like that's what he's learning about like you know like no yes i actually have to do this but then there's no actual reward for his selflessness at the end he likes like sorry mr president i'm sorry that i was gone for so long you know like a day barely yeah. and then you know and that won't happen again because i learned my lesson like but there's no actual lesson to learn because nobody actually would enforce this arbitrary rule that has been made up that you can't have your right. powers. Right. Yeah. Like it's just bogus reasoning. It's just, yeah, it, it, like, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really hold together. Like there's not a, a, a progression of events that make it clear as to why this has to happen this way. It just sort of is established real quick. And then now we're just dealing with the fallout of that. Speaking like, of that, the Kryptonians. Yes. Like, like their their goals are relatively normal for supervillains of some kind. Like they wanted to control Krypton, world domination. And now they're on the planet Houston, and so now they're like, okay, let's control this one. But that's not like Zod isn't really interested in anything for a long time, and it's Ursa that's like, like, um, we should really show them what we can do. And he's like, meh, I guess. Like, why? I guess. Fine. And he's like, whoa, what about Superman? That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I should explore that concept more. Goes to bookshop, buys Nietzsche. Um, <laughs> so, um, so um, it does. As soon as they find out that Superman is the son of Jor-El, though, th then it makes th sense. Then, then it clicks right? in. Because he does right. say, like, let's go. Let's get revenge on the son of our jailer. Yes, that that clicks through to the first movie, right? You were about to hunt me for my Yes. You know, get a day. Um, that all fits fine. But they're... It's kind of... It's messy getting there. Yes. And then they don't even confront each other until the final 30 minutes of the film. It really is the final 30 minutes, yeah. I know. I count. I looked I looked thing. too. Yeah. And I was like... There's only half an hour of this movie left, and they fight in Metropolis, which is actually still pretty good considering it it's 1980. Good. Yeah, and the effects it's don't good... really hold up, but it still is like yeah, that's yeah, it, it's it's still a good watch. It's a good watch. It's fine for what it is. Yeah. and um, Ursa throws her voice several times, Superman. which is a crypto yep superpower that we didn't know about. Um, and that's all fine and then and then at the end he just kills them like he you just know, like he they, just kills them yeah and everyone's cool about it yep which is really weird actually like, to be to be more I, I paid very close attention this time he killed straight up kills zod he murders zod yeah uh uh, uh unless there's a big bouncy marshmallow at right, the bottom I, of that of mist yeah. which i don't think so or a portal to the phantom zone i don't think so yep uh, nope. and then non just dies because Kills he's himself. dumb. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh he he jumps trying to trying to fly. And then Lois just murders uh Ursa. Ursa. Yep. Just pushes Straight her off. Straight up murders her. So yep. so yeah, no, we had the, the, the two protagonists of the movie just commit murder uh in front no, of Lex Luthor, greatest criminal mind of our time. Yeah. But it turns out greatest criminals of their time. Is Clark and Lois. Turns out. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. Study show. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, but it's Bonnie funny because she. Am I right? No! <laughs> oh, there you go. But she's not going to remember yeah. she committed murder because she's going to get her mind wiped by a kiss because that's the thing he can do. Yeah, you know what? And that is egregious on yeah. many levels. Yeah. Uh, now in 2021, yes. not even just the mere. Oh, dumbness oh, there's layers to how egregious like, it is. Oh my God. That's like, it's so bad. It's so bad. And I really want to talk about that. I don't want to get into that here, Neither but I, I think we all could look at that and be like, that ain't right. That's not right. Um, Especially if then Superman returns is supposed to happen right after this movie. Yeah. And one of my problems with Superman returns right. is that it like weirdly right. legitimizes a lot of the mistakes yes. of Superman too. Yes. Um, and I like Superman Returns, I think, now that I have to question going back and watching these movies. <laughs> well, we're about 26 years away from that in, our, in the timeline of, of Slapback, but uh, we'll get I, there, oh, I guess. Gosh. Yeah, no, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get we there, gotta, but, but we got to roll through these a little more quickly. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we get out of the era where it's just Christopher Reeve Superman movies, then it might be a little bit. Yeah, and we, now we're like dragging our feet like, oh, Superman we 3, to, dang it. Because <laughs> we don't want to space it out a little bit, right? Like, But then once it gets into, when, when there's more stuff happening, there's more movies and there's uh, yeah, n- not just the same actors over and over again that'll it'll get easier but but yeah yeah, so like that's yes huge problems with that um one thing this movie does very well i think that i don't that not a lot of superman um films certainly and not a lot of superman properties really spend a ton of time with it's it's very um cliche to go to the all right so here's superman what's his weakness right because in superman the movie Mm -hmm. we find kryptonite Lex uses that like that's that's you know classic Superman, but also it can be overdone. But the other weakness, the weakness that Zod and Ursa and Non find, is that he will do anything to protect humanity. You know that's why he shouts the people, the people. Um, I mean, he will if he has his powers, which he is clearly ready to give up at a moment's notice. He, he is, but but that's also that's sort of the, that is the lesson that he that he learns, right? And you alluded to it earlier that like that's right, he, and that lesson works better for some superheroes than it does for it, others. That's right. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. So like it uh, it makes narrative sense that he he makes the mistake. He and then he he reverses it and and he's learned his lesson, which is, you know, the people um, and and that whole third act fight sequence is is the his the, reclamation of his values. It is. Right? It is. And yeah. and it's the villains <clears throat> dangling the the um, the city in front of him as like, well, we'll destroy the city because that's your weakness like that. Mm-hmm. They are they are using that to get to him. Um because they they identify that as as a, a soft spot for him, correct. So and I, I, there's actually quite a bit of him saving people in the sequence. Lot. It's not a, it's not a lot of like yeah he punches them and there's some heat vision or whatever. But um but a lot of it is got to save the people on the bus, got to save the people in the car. Gotta that's save right. The people on the thing, got to save the people over here, and that is what is that's what works about this Superman when he's in action. It's about the. Tower got to save people. Yes, in the city got to save yes. people. Like that's that's, that's his whole thing. That's his whole thing. So so that's um I will say that's that's one thing that I you know that it does very well. But on the whole, I don't think it's it's I don't think it really is is nearly as good as as Superman the movie. And and I I put that largely at the feet of Richard Lester again, a director whose movies I really really love. 
Um, but I just don't yeah. think he was the right person because he doesn't have an affinity for this character. He looked at Silver Age comics where every week Superman had another arbitrary made up uh, power. Um, you know, he can turn into a turtle. He can send a little mini Superman out of his hands. He can, you know, like whatever he can. Mm-hmm. Literally, there is an issue where he can slow his wife's memory. Yep. Um, so so he's he's basing it on <clears throat> on the Silver Age, on an entirely different style of Superman storytelling than that completely different to even what was happening uh, uh, in, in the comics in the at comics. that time. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Contemporary with him at, at, that, at that time in the comics. So so it's like it's just it's it's telling a very different version of of the character that was already outdated by the time he was telling it um yep. because he was sort of playing catch up on at that point 50 years of or 40 years but, of the character but he and and but he was trying to he was trying to tell a different version of the you know what it is it's the Joel Schumacher issue yeah where, like I'm working under the same it's like the it's more like forever to Batman and Robin than Burton to Schumacher but it's like I'm working under the same aesthetic that actually doesn't really match the tone of whatever right. like the absurdist tone that I'm using and so there's a disparity between mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be watching or what I am visualizing versus the story is telling me. Yes. Uh, and that does not work at all. And Speaking of things that don't work, I don't think the Kryptonian outfits are great. Yeah. They're almost like, um, like traditionally alien. Also didn't really know that they have red piping on all of their stuff mm. until I watched it in high def in there in the sun. And I was like, Hey, look at all that red. Zod's actually in red and black. That's awesome. Like that, I didn't even know. Yeah, um, Terrence Stamp is great. I mean, he's so hammy. Um, he he is, but he he should it, be. He he should be. I agree. And um and it's fun. Um, it's not real, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, right. I I must say I like Sarah Douglas's Ursa more this time around than I ever had before. Um. And, um, and I was just really appreciating Gene Hackman's Zod. I think this is his, this is a better, I'm sorry, uh, Gene Hackman's Lex, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of think I like Lex better in this movie than in Superman, the movie, like his performance. Uh, He's, he's slightly more menacing in this film. And and that's not a lot. Like he's really not menacing at Mm, all. No, but he's all over the place in, in Superman, the movie. And he's pretty directed in this film. He's like, yeah. I've done time, th- but and this is what I'm after. And he's still fun about it. He's like, Casadelix, or, you know, like, Australia. Yeah, Australia. You know, like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's all That's all good. But you're, but you're right. He's, I think it's the minimal amount of screen time. Like, he doesn't actually have time to be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also appreciate it more this time. I'm... Over the years, I'm beginning to appreciate the more, not zany Lex Luthor, but maybe the more slightly aggravated, um, uh, I don't know what the, mad genius Lex Luthor. Mad genius, okay, yeah. Instead of the, like, 80s politician businessman Lex Luthor. I agree. Which is what I'm very much used to and grew up with. And there's a harmony between the two of them, certainly. But there's like the mad genius of Lex Luthor can be quite fun if done correctly. Um, And he's pretty fun. Yeah, Uh, I think there's more storytelling potential, honestly, with that mad genius style of Lex Luthor rather than 
just the I'm an evil Serious. billionaire. Like like yep. it, like an unethical businessman is one thing, but like we have those in real life. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, uh, the mad genius that that you see on the comic book page or in the animated series that we grew up with. Like that is, or even like John Cryer's take, honestly, John um, Cryer's is probably the, the, you know, it is the most blended Lex Luthor that yeah. I've come across. I think like, that's true. You know, yeah. in live action medium, like he is, he's cruel, conniving, 10 steps ahead of everybody else, but he's also weirdly fun. Yeah. Like he's ha- clearly having fun. And I think like, um, Gene Hackman's Lex is having fun in this as movie, the greatest criminal mind of yeah, all time. In this movie, he's definitely having fun. And and it's because like he's he's constantly back on his heels because every 10 seconds Zod's about to kill him and then he has to give up another piece of information to to earn his his mm-hmm. place. And there's something kind of fun about that cat and mouse game that's going on between them. Mm-hmm. Um that makes it it's it's fun to watch him use his brain to get out of these problems repeatedly like he gets angry he gets flustered and then he says uh but you need me because i can tell you where he lives or i can tell you this or i can tell you that mm-hmm. um and he does that multiple times and it's and it's uh it's it's fun to watch it's fun to watch watch him use his wits to 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 stay ahead and and i'll say this too um Ultimately, right before uh, Superman and Lois murder a bunch of people, um, it, he uses his brain, uh, you know, when he like fake confides in Le- Lex, like, oh, OK, I'm going to go, you know, put them in this booth and then we can take away their powers because he knows that Lex is going to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So he uses that. He uses his intelligence as a weapon in that situation where like he knows Lex is going to tell and that he's going to be able to go put himself in the chamber and protect himself from the red, the red sun rays. I actually like that quite a bit. And the only thing that I actually can get really behind with Clark giving up his powers in like five minutes of like Lois being like, Oh, so you're both people. Mm. Interesting. Um, is the, the juxtap or the parallel between those two scenes. And so like you, the tension is there for the audience as well as um as well as uh, the characters right because like we know what it we know what it looks like when this chamber already works but we see it different we see the lights on the outside but they don't know that you know like yes. I, I just like yes. that i like that. i like the subtlety of that moment right um and it's so, it's like Luke it's in the in the Last Jedi, like his beard being a different color, and it's like, wait a second, am I, am I supposed to notice that? Because I feel right. like I'm noticing you, a difference here, but they're not yeah, acknowledging it. You had time to go to supercuts, did you, Luke? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Like, same thing. It's like, wait, weren't the lights on the inside of the booth last time? It's the same sort of feeling of like mm-hmm. something's different here. I'm picking up on something being different here. Am yeah. I am I finding a mistake, or is this significant? And it turns out to be significant. Um, Tim, I know we're over time, but I have just two more things sure. I want to say about this movie just because they're on my mind and I know a lot about these movies and I, uh, while we're talking about them, I want to, I want to say what I want, what I have to say. I understand when we get to the, when we get to the nineties Batman movies, oh, you're yeah. going to have to deal with same. Me, so oh yeah, yeah, please, totally. Yeah. I will be, yeah, the sure will be on the other foot then. But, um, I, I, so have you seen the Donner cut? Oh yeah. 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 There's um, some great stuff in there. There's some really good stuff in there. You mentioned before how lame it is. And I agree how lame it is that Lois finds out ultimately uh, his secret because he trips oh, yeah. and falls right but the original in the donner cut is and, wonderful oh yeah and and so the version 
what they use in the Donner cut is actually screen test uh, footage, but, um, but it was, I mean, these, these were real sides. These were real pages from, from what would have been the script or at least close to it where she, she pulls a gun on him and fires at him. And he's like, well, jig is up. You shot at me and I'm not dead. So you must know I'm Superman. And she's like, ha ha, they were blanks. Uh, so she does outsmart him into, into telling her the truth. Uh, yep. which I love that. I love that it's her using her brain and not just him falling into a fire. <laughs> um, yep. So I enjoy that. And like, that's the thing where Richard Lester wanted to just make it zany and silly. So what if they were at this weird honeymoon suite with this sleazy uh, bellhop, you know, like that, that's, that was just so he could get his surrealism and, and comedy beats in there. I did enjoy the bed, um, vibrating mm-hmm. when Clark sits on it though. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, Oh, so funny i mean he's yeah. he really he was so funny with that stuff he was um but um so so that's one thing is that that i thought that was way better in the donner cut and the other thing is at the end so like i'm not on board with with superman killing uh at the end of that movie I, when people point to that and they're like oh well you don't you know I, I famously am not crazy about him snapping zod's neck at the end of man of steel uh, and folks what? will say, oh, well, what? Yeah. Brand new information. I will. People, folks will then say, like, well, the Superman two, he kills in a Superman two. And I'm like, yeah. And it's wrong there, too. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and, and I'm still not happy about somehow it. Somehow that doesn't yeah. compute for folks. Well, there is a yeah. TV cut of this film that was only shown a handful of times where the Arctic police come and arrest Zod, Ursa, and Nan and take them away in a police car. That's like an armored the car. ending I'm waiting right. on. And that like, was the made-for-TV ending because it was too dark to show in primetime Superman killing the villains. Which so they means shot that he really a whole did alternate... kill Zod, and there right. is no marshmallow bouncing house saying. at the bottom That's of that Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so they, like, they knew this, and they shot an alternate ending where you see them get into, like, a, an armored truck that says, like, Arctic Police, whatever that is, and uh, and they just get carted away. And and so I think it was shown on, like, ABC or something uh, a, a handful of times throughout the 80s. With this alternate cut that had that that alternate ending, so that's better. That's um, that's my chosen is it ending. Yeah, it. I mean, it's better than him. Fl- okay, so here's the thing. So if you have to compare, so we'll, we'll end with this. But so if you have to compare the two Superman murdering Zod things, yeah, like Superman murdering a fully powered Zod while he's att- while that Zod is attempting to kill people is actually better than Superman killing a completely depowered Zod who cannot defend himself against the most powerful figure in the galaxy yeah. and just shoving him off or like throwing him down a cliff. That's worse. That's actually worse. Because Zod, without his powers, is actually quite uh, not very much a threat to you. Like, at all. So now you're just being malicious, kind of like going back to that diner and beating up that guy. Yes. You're actually just, which being, was, you're just being malicious. Yes, which was another... Uh, uh, the, the original diner scene was shot by Don, but Donner. The revenge scene was shot by Lester. Uh, yeah, because I he don't felt like mind the closure. first scene. That's important, you know, like, because he's never had that experience before it's a real rude awakening that he needed if he can't even defend lois in the diner or himself never mind lois he can't defend himself how is he supposed to protect all these people that actually need him that's a very powerful scene if read correct correctly yes him destroying 
of like the property of somebody else all over again. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. no good. No. Good. Yeah. Although he yeah. does pay for it. He so. he does. He does. Which is the only yeah, saving grace the there. But there's still getting it redone. Again. Yeah. That's like it's the whole thing. Not it's not it's not cool. But it's like slapsticky. Right. Because like he slides the guy down the bar and the, the whole thing. And that's. That's Lester's style. Is that sort of slapsticky, comedic, surrealist? <sighs> and he thought, like, well, this is a comic book movie. It needs more of that. He also thought that the shots should be fairly static and that the camera shouldn't move much because in a comic book, it's a panel. You know, it's a two D illustration. So the, a lot of his stuff um, is shot in that way, where the camera is very static. There's not a lot of movement in the camera itself. It's meant to be a a static frame. Um, mm. And that the you know characters move around within the frame, but but it's a mostly static frame, which is an interesting idea uh, theoretically, and and uh, you know it has sort of a theoretically. Huh? I mean, theoretically, theoretically yeah. on on paper, like, on paper, it's an interesting idea. If the characters are moving and the frame isn't changing, that's actually not comics. Multi, it would be multiple frames um, with characters within those, so that when the characters move, the frame or the panel changes. That's actually more akin sure. to a comic book than like characters moving within the single frame that doesn't move. That's laziness. <laughs> yeah, like, but he he was experimenting and he thought he was doing something, you know, artsy and closer to I comics. Then then I understand the yeah yeah I understand the logic, but I think yeah. he actually got further removed from comics. I would because, agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. like in practice, it didn't actually turn out the way that he thought it would. Nope. No, because yeah. it's actually kind of dull. Because he didn't really know the, he didn't really know comics either. Like that's the thing. Like he thought he was yeah. imitating comics, but it's somebody who doesn't really know comics trying to imitate a thing they don't know that well. Kind of like it's a guy who doesn't know Superman trying to like. Is this? Am I doing it right? Like no, not really. Yeah, not really. You make great no. movies, but this is not really your mm. area of expertise. You can't have a win all the time, but right. uh, and then and but then anyways, he made Superman three. Oh, Richard Lester also did Superman three. That's why the oh, first. That's, that's why the that's whole opening credit sequence is is just slapstick city. Oh, that's so unfortunate. I haven't seen Superman three since I was a little kid because I am okay. still scared of the ending. Yeah, yeah. So, fair, fair, fair. Um, well, the so end credits of this movie said so coming soon Superman three. So, ah uh, man, actually, I did like that the opening credits showed Superman one all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, in case, like, just in case you missed it, um, yes. Here's here's what happened. Yes. I enjoyed that because it's pre. Um, it's pre-release of home video release. Right. Like, this is before you could just watch whatever you wanted at home. So, like, you might not have had the chance to see Superman 1, so I'm mm-hmm. going to give you the really brief version right now. Especially I, because the whole thing with the, with the three villains, it was right. meant yeah, to be one to big movie. Yeah, it had to give you some context. So yeah, they had to give you context. I, yeah, I, that was, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I wish more sequels did that. Yeah. Remind me. Of what happened in the last one? It's like the uh-huh. it's like the previously uh you know page at the beginning of the comic, right? That sort of recaps yeah. for you or, like what's been happening. Yeah. Or TV show previously on, you know, whatever Arrow. Yeah, you yeah. Know, whatever, My something. name is Kara Zorel. Yeah, yeah, right. Although that's just the that's just the intro. That's right. not the previously on. Right, right. And it's different. Anyway, we're just rambling now, Frank. Where can the people find us? You can find us rambling at BeReadGeeks.com, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. You can support all the shows on the ThoughtBubble Audio network at Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio for as little as a buck a month. You can keep these shows on the air, coming to your feeds uh, every single week. You can uh, subscribe and rate and review us 
uh, anywhere podcasts are found. You're probably listening to us in one of those apps right now. And if you are, thank you very much. Uh, we'd appreciate a rating, a review. Um, or if you don't subscribe to so go ahead and subscribe. Um, you can also, uh, you can keep in touch with us at purewithgeeks at gmail.com or at purewithgeeks on Twitter. Very good, Frank. This has been a pleasure talking to you on another exciting segment of Superhero Slapback. Uh, and so, until next time, cheers! cheers.